This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Battleground Productions presents Brass, the audio serial, episode 5, The Teachable Ape. The year is 1885, but not one that would be familiar to you. For this is a 19th century that differs in many ways from the one in our history books. While the trees of Hyde Park look as mysterious and lovely in the moonlight as ever, something considerably more exotic than a wren or nightingale inhabits them tonight. Leaping from tree to tree, one arm securely holding the comely form of Gwendolyn Brass is Lord Whitestone, also known as Tocknor, King of the Ape People. With magnificent ease, he launches himself from an elm to a stately oak a distance of over a dozen feet. But as he lands in its upper branches with the grace of a jungle cat, Gwendolyn cries, Stop! Something wrong, Miss Brass. Let me catch my... Breath. I am sorry if you are startled. I prefer this mode of travel above all others. It has a certain exhilarating charm, but we cannot simultaneously continue a conversation. All right. I am sorry if I frightened you. Believe me, Lord Whitestone, I've had much more terrifying experiences than being carried halfway across Hyde Park by a handsome peer of the realm. You find me handsome? That is good. Why? Among my people, my name was the White Hairless One. They found me ugly. How fortunate we have different aesthetics. Tila, the most beautiful of the apes, was unimpressed with my ability to provide food and shelter and went instead with my rival, Talcar. I'm sorry to hear that. She was right. When I saw them together, I realized that each must seek each. I was not an ape. I was a man. I knew that I must find a woman. Are you comfortable? Sufficiently. Fortunately for us, I have no fear of heights, and I find this a secure enough perch. You seem remarkably at ease. I love the treetops. They were my first home. How did you make your way to England? Chance and good fortune. A Scottish newspaper had hired a reporter named Stanley to seek out the fate of my parents. After months of exploring, he found the remains of their camp. And how was the legitimacy of your lineage determined? The diaries and various other papers of my parents found in their jungle cabin. Though I had no memory of them, their tragic end was documented in these pages. Yours is a sad story. Everyone's story has sadness in it. I am not sad now. I'm glad to hear that. Especially since meeting you. I'm glad to hear that as well. Now, Lord Whitestone, I must ask, what is it that you wish to discuss? <clears throat> Gwendolyn Brass. Lord Whitestone. I am Lord Whitestone, and also Tucknor, King of the Ape Men. 
I am very wealthy and own large tracts of land. You are Gwendolyn Brass. You are beautiful and intelligent and brave. I want you. I am yours. I am a mighty hunter. I will hunt for you. I am a great fighter. I will fight for you. I will provide you with food, luxury, and fine, brave children. I will be your mate. Uh, I'm sorry? That's all I have written down. Is this a proposal? I believe so. Lord Whitestone, I don't mean to be pedantic, but in our culture, a proposal is generally phrased as a question. Oh. I am Tucknor, king of the ape men? Uh, no. I will be your mate? No, you see, a proposal involves the suitor, in this case you, asking if or if not, I will accept the terms of your proposal. I see. Do you? I honestly don't know what to say. The logical options are yes or no. This is very unorthodox. It is? Yes! Which part? All of it. Not least of which is that this conversation is happening in the top of an oak tree in Hyde Park. Oh, would you prefer a different tree? No. Lord Whitestone, are you proposing marriage to me? If you wish. If I wish? As I understand it, marriage is how mates are chosen in this country. Generally, yes. If you require it... I will bow before your God and your people to show that you are my mate and own half of all my possessions. I see. Also, that our children will own all of our goods when we die. While you are correct in certain particulars regarding the meaning of the marriage contract, in our society it has become a matter of much greater depth and complexity. Oh. Like what? Well... Since women are no longer viewed as property or breeding stock, nor are men simply providers of food and shelter, other relationships have risen in prominence in defining successful marriage, or mating, if you will. You mean sexual congress? No. No. Or at least not at first. There are many other factors that should precede and then accompany such intimacies, such as intellectual equality, shared interests, mutual respect, and congruent personal and social philosophies. These are necessary for mating? In my case, they are. I will not deny that I find you remarkably physically attractive. And this is certainly a factor in choosing a suitable partner. But your... Steel grey eyes and fluid movements and astonishing physique do not, in and of themselves, determine your suitability as my potential husband. So your answer is no. My answer, Lord Whitestone, is let us see. If you are willing to forego your impulsive approach in favour of an extended courtship, a period of time for us to get to know each other and determine our deeper compatibility, then I am open to such an arrangement. That is not the way of the jungle. We are not in the jungle, Lord Whitestone. No, we are not. Gwendolyn Brass... When I left my homeland, it was to be a man, not a man-ape. 
Since coming here, much of what I have seen makes me dislike men and the world they have made. I can understand that. But I believe we are at our most human when we are striving to be better than ourselves. Many of the rituals of society are ridiculous, but not all of them. What's more, I believe that a proper courtship is not only effective in determining compatibility, it can be delightful. How so? Take my hand. Good. You may raise it to your lips. You smell like a flower. A compliment. Well done. You may kiss it. As nicely done as a seasoned courtier. I desire you. And I you. Isn't the anticipation delicious? It is. Lord Whitestone, if you will follow my lead, we can discover not only whether or not we are suited to each other, but how you may improve the world in which you now make your home. If you are willing to teach me, I will be your student. <laughs> then I shall, and I shall also consider you my suitor. If I'm your suitor, what is our next ritual? Traditionally, it is walking out. Oh? Yes. A casual stroll in which we can simply enjoy the pleasure of one another's company. All right. Hang on. <laughs> oh, my! Well done, Lord Whitestone. May I walk you back to your residence, Gwendolyn Brass? <laughs> you may, Lord Whitestone. Thank you. As the two make their way back down the streets of Mayfair, they resume their conversation, linked arm in arm. Earlier the next morning, Gwendolyn is still asleep in her bed, while her father, Lord Brass, works in his basement lab. Blast. Yes? Beg pardon, sir? Yes, Miss Drake? Professor von Hoffman is here. Ah, show him in. Will that be an extra setting for breakfast? I imagine so. I've never known a German to refuse a good breakfast. A German? Oh, dear. I shall attempt to keep that knowledge from Cook. Why? Her sister married a German who was beastly. She tends to have a free hand with a salt shaker whenever a Teuton sits to table. Lord Brass will see you, sir. Lord Brass, I hope I am not intruding. Not at all, Professor. And thank you for answering my note. I could scarcely pass up a chance to visit you in your famous laboratory. One of them, in any case. How goes your work with the police? Early days, but we have a plan of sort. I'd love to hear details at some point. But tell me, what is that swimming about in that tank? And I told a jellyfish. It has a remarkable bioluminescent mechanism that I've been studying. I attended a lecture just last week on bioluminescence by Professor Dreyer. Is he still touting the virtues of drinking squid ink? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Gives the chap the oddest-looking teeth. And, oh my, that is a transoptican stereoscope, unless I'm mistaken. No, that's right. Linked via periscopian mirrors to my observatory on the roof. Ingenious. And this? A study in circulation systems using the ventricular apparatus as a model for expelling oil is required to mechanical chambers. Lord Brass, the range of your interests is staggering. Thank you, Professor. 
But please, call me Benjamin. Only on conditions that you call me Eric. Condition granted. I have no patience for the modern mania of specialization, Eric. Biology, astronomy, chemistry, mathematics, engineering. How can one expect to make any progress in any direction if ignorant of advances in all? For all my attempts to stay up on the whole of scientific inquiry, I'm but a mere dilettante in such areas of science as you study in this lab. Well, to the matter at hand. I have for some months been in correspondence with a young scientist from the continent. He is at a professional crossroads, having worked for some time with a firm in Paris and is now contemplating immigration to the United States. Mm, I understand the laboratories of Edison are snapping up talented scientists wherever they can be found. You have named my arrival directly, for it is Mr. Thomas Alva Edison, who is tempting my young friend with offers of riches and ample resources. Well, the lure of the free market. Indeed. But Edison is infamous for caring principally about his own enrichment. And believe me when I say that this young man has a mind that could enrich not just a single entrepreneur, but the human race. Well, what is your request? I would like the science call to make an offer that would trump Mr. Edison soundly. Hmm. We can, of course, offer employment and some resources. But Edison is both wealthy and ruthless. As am I, Eric. As am I. I will add to whatever offer Her Majesty's government can make a sufficient amount to bring our young friend to London. I will begin the necessary paperwork immediately. What's your young man's name? Nikola Tesla. Ah, Polish? Croatian? Really? Hmm. Well then, Benjamin, consider it done. And an offer sent off to your young man this afternoon. Now... Any chance of a tour of the rest of your lab? Of course. Now tell me, are you up to date on the latest developments in refining aluminium? Mm, we've had some promising developments using sodium. Inexpensive, I'll grant you. But wait until you see what a process of electrolyzing it in a salt bath can do for its purity. As the two men move about the spacious laboratory discussing the latest in scientific discoveries, the household above begins to stir. What will the new day bring to the distinguished Mayfair mansion? And just what might be the purpose of bringing a certain obscure Croatian scientist to London? Find out the answers to these and many more questions next week when we again visit the first family of the realm, Brass. Brass is manufactured by Battleground Productions. For credits and more information on our show, go to battlegroundproductions.org and find us on Facebook. Thank you.